Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. Later you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. In James chapter 1, I want to begin reading in verse 19 and read through verse 21. So we talk about the test of living faith. The test of living faith. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. I'm going to just stop there. We're going to talk about the context. We're going to look at some of these things because James throughout this epistle, as you know, gives us test for living faith. So the whole episode and the whole epistle of James is a series of tests for our faith. We can measure the reality of our faith, that we can measure the extent of our faith. So the first test that James gave us to, was of real faith was that test of trials. Then how we respond to trials, that's that indicator if our faith is real or not. The second one was how you respond not to trials but to temptation. So the third test then was how do we respond to the Word of God? How a person responds to trials as a monitor to their faith and how a person responds to temptation is also a monitor. But how we respond to the Word of God is equally that monitor of our spiritual life. So it measures our faith. How you listen, how you react to the Word of God How you desire the Word, how you open and obey the Word reveals kind of the nature of where you are in your walk of faith. It gives you that, shall we say, spiritual temperature in that sense. Think about it because God's Word is how we were born again. It was through the Word of God that we understood that we needed to be born again. We understood what sin did in separating us from God. And because God's Word, that was the agent to make us a new creation, to transform us, to bring us into God's kingdom. And that's the theme of the verse 18. If you remember a few weeks ago, we looked at that. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the Word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. So, we've seen that now we've been born from the Word of Truth, the Word of God that made us that new creation, the first fruits of a new creation. And because it's the Word of Truth that is that agent, it's that which brings us into the new life. It's the Word. Peter calls it the incorruptible seed. And that incorruptible seed is that which gives us the new birth. It's the Word of Truth that makes us a new creation. It's that Word of Truth that the Holy Spirit accompanies and works in your life as He worked in mine so that you would come to know Christ as Savior. So that Word of Truth is not only there at the beginning, but it's really become the focal point of these Scriptures, where we're talking about. And it becomes the focal point for our spiritual existence. 
How are we living our Christian life? How are we applying these things? The Word of God is going to be the power for your new life. It's the Word of God that empowers us, that helps us. So it was the Word of God that brought us to the new birth. And that's now the Word that feeds. Does Peter talk about as newborn babes sincerely desiring the milk of the Word? Now, you don't have to take a, a baby and teach it to drink its mother's milk. <laughs> they, they are born, they just know that. You see, in our spiritual life, we're born desiring we want to eat. We want, we want to be fed. So that's the way we ought to be looking at this scripture. That's the way we ought to look at that. Just as the Word brings about the new birth, the Word feeds the newborn believer. That's why we have to grow in our spiritual life. And that's what something else Peter talks about. That progression of our spiritual life. So because we've been born by the Word, we become disciples, pupils, learners. We're learning the Word. And our heart's desire is to listen and learn and respond. See, it's sometimes easy just to hear and not to obey and respond. So it's the same way that a baby desires the milk. That's the way we ought to be in our Christian life. We ought to be desiring the Word, but going on to deeper things, progressing on. So I believe that a true believer is really transformed by the Word of Truth, the Word of God. And we are all then linked to the Word of Truth. It's very normal that our spiritual appetite should be that we grow in a relationship toward God. So if that appetite is there, and even sometimes we don't act like it, but it's an indication that you are a new creation, that you were born again. It's that indication that shows you, yes, you have that. And so, James is making a couple of points here. Point number one is that saving faith came by receiving the Word. And now point number two is our reaction to that Word. That's really what we're talking about here today. That's really where we're going and studying some of these things. It's exciting because we know that when we receive it, and by the way, let me just look again at verse 21. Because as we've seen, he says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So that's kind of the key there, that we're receiving. We're talking about receiving the Word. So if you're a true believer, there's a, a, a receiver. I, I don't know about electronics of this day and age, but I remember back teenager, we had turntables. I'm just shocked because I went into a, a store and there's a whole bunch of vinyl records again. They're selling vinyl records and turntables once again. But we had receivers. They weren't so uh, electronically monitored like the ones today where they just pick up the signal. You had to dial it in. You had to dial it to get the best, to hit that frequency just right. You had to dial in so that you've got it. And in our spiritual life, it's like that receiver that we're dialing in and we're listening to God's message. There was an old song, old gospel song called Turn Your Radio On. Turn Your Radio On. <laughs> well, some, glad some of you remember that. That's, 
And that's kind of what James is talking about here. That we're tuning in, we're listening, and that message comes through because we've set our spiritual dial. You want that message. You desire it. You want to obey God. Sometimes when we disobey and we're caught up in a terrible vice and we're twisted, we're shredded up, we're all the deepest parts and there's that battle, that warring that's going on within and we've got to get back to listening to what God says and tune away from the things of this world. So true saving faith is marked by a desire for a proper reception of the Word. In Mark chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus said, Take heed what you hear. Again in Luke 8 and 18, He said, Take heed how you hear. So we've got to watch out what we hear and how we hear. We have to be attuned in in our spiritual listening so that we're tuning out the propaganda of the world. What Satan and this evil world is trying to promote in our minds those wrong philosophies because the true believer looks at the content and the intensity that causes us to respond to the Word of God. So we're tuning out the things of the world. So you hear and you understand because your faith is real, you have a relationship with the living God. And in that connection, there's the flow of life, of God's love, of God's power working and you're able to be responding because you've turned and you're receptive to the Word of God. So at the same time, we've got to grow. We have to cultivate that. And we cannot sit back because that does not happen automatically. It's not just something that's just going to just happen. We have to be feeding our spiritual lives. There's something you need to do. And so that's why James gives us three things. The right response to the Word is a willingness to receive it with submission. That's the first thing we want to see. And now obviously, unbelievers aren't going to receive it. Obviously, unbelievers are resistant to the Word of God. Unbelievers don't want to hear it. They're aggravated by it. They maybe uh, have that predisposition to go against the Word of God. If this is what God says, then this is the way I want to go. And so we understand that they're for sure they're not willing to submit to it. Then the unbelieving mind resists the truth. But just as typically true faith receives it, willingly receives it. So there's an attitude of submission in our life. And that's why I want to go back and look at verse 19. That's where I want to spend most of our time today. I want us to see that right here in this he says, So then, my beloved brethren, my beloved brethren. I just look at that a little bit because in verse 16 he said that again. He used that same term. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. And we find it throughout this book. So James has... A very great and a deep concern and sensitivity. And he loves, he's very compassionate toward these people to which he was writing. To those Jewish Christians that had been under so much persecution, under so much trouble. He shows a lot of love and he's exhorting them. But he is very much to the point. He's saying, this is what you have to do. So in every sense, he is a, a wise instructor and in training them and teaching them. And he calls them his beloved brother. And that's that 
familiar sort, my brothers. And he uses it over and over in this, because he begins it in chapter 2 and chapter 3. So he has a loving heart, but a very strong exhortation. And I want us to see that, that that's what the Word of God does in our life. So then, it says in the beginning of verse 19, so then, maybe your Bible says, wherefore, or maybe it says, this you know. I like the translation of this you know, my beloved brethren. And I tell you why. It makes sense to the context. Playing off of verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This you know, my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear. You see, it just follows because we know that because of our new birth. We know this. So the first fruits of glorious new creation is that He's going to perform something in your life. You know the power of the Word. This you know. Get that idea? Do you see what He's saying there? He begot you with the Word of truth. You become a new creation. You become a new creature. Part of the first fruits. So you know this. You've experienced it. There's something within you. So now the Word of God is going to work in you to bring about an attitude where we're spiritually tuned into that channel that God is broadcasting on. You're hearing. You're receiving. That stimulates that new action. That new creation within. That new nature. It causes you to act. You see... Our Christian life is one where we're very active. Our Christian life ought to always be one where we're doing the work of God. We're going to see that as we go through here in James. Because it's that which stimulates us. We're receptive. It's brought us forth by His Word. So we live by the Word. It's our food. Jeremiah says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. I love the beautiful picture there. Desire it like milk. Desire it like that meat of the Word. Notice what he says in verse 19 also. Let every man. The idea is, but let everyone. In other words, all of you believers. All of you. And here's the transition that he says. It's connected to verse 18. This you know. Then he says, but that's not enough. Let every one of you follow up on what you know. That's what he's telling us. You've got to follow up. There's something you need to know. There was power in the Word and salvation. So let's follow these imperatives. And what are the imperatives? He tells us. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. He's telling us this is what you have to do. Let's look quickly at the first one. Quick to listen. Swift to hear. What does that mean? Is he talking about just being a good listener, a good hearer? Is he saying that we need to be slow in speaking and we have to shut the mouth in order to hear? Or you need to be quiet, you need to be a patient listener? Is he saying what the Proverbs says over and over? And so many of the different Proverbs. And the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Is he talking about he that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Is that what he's talking about? Or, there's so many more. Is he referring to Proverbs 17, 28? Even a fool, when he holds his speech, is counted wise. Is that what really this... What 
was the old saying? You're better off to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. He isn't saying that here in James. He's saying here, it's not the idea of learn to keep your mouth shut, not talk. He's taking us to help us understand that the Word of God is the theme. The Word of God is what is being mentioned here. Be quick to listen. Be swift to hear. Hear the Word of God. That's what the context is. We've got to know. Now all of those things in Proverbs are absolutely true. But that's not what James is telling us. James here is saying be ready to hear and be exhorted by the Word of God. Be ready to hear and be quick to hearing as if maybe you're listening to a sermon, to a lesson, or some way in which the Scripture is being expounded upon. I believe that's what's really kind of being encompassed in all of this. That's what he's talking about. The idea is that we have an eagerness to grasp every opportunity to increase our knowing, our hearing of God's Word. That we have a hunger to hear it. We have a hunger to understand it. It means that we're pursuing every occasion to gain knowledge of our God and grow closer to Him and know His divine will. That is the mark of a believer. The mark of a believer is that we want to be closer to the Lord. And even though maybe we go astray, we fall, we fail, we've all been there. And maybe we are not as close to the Lord today as you've ever been. But you need to be continuing to get back to that place and move on in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the idea where somebody has no desire to hear the Word of God. They have no desire to listen to the teachings of the Word of God. To hear the Word of God expounded, the Scriptures explained. Then we have to look at their life as a child of God. That's one of the fruits I think that we're going to see in the child of God's life. It's one of the marks of a true Christian. True believers run to hear the Word of God. They long to hear, to read the Word of God. They want to learn the Word of God. And when there are trials in the first part of this chapter that are difficult, that demand wisdom, that demand the strength from God, the Word provides those answers. Then... When we get into temptations that test our mind, test us to our very limits, we go to the Word of God. And it's through the power of the Word of God that we're able to resist temptations. Isn't that what Jesus did? When Satan came and tempted him, he responded with the Word of God. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So you see, the Word is the source. It's the deliverance out of trials. It's the source of deliverance from temptation. It becomes then our most welcomed friend. Have you thought of the Word of God as a welcomed friend? And beyond that, it not only does it deliver us from all of the, the problems, but it delivers us and it takes us, it engages us. It helps us in our living faith with God, our communion with God. If you're a believer... You want to communicate with God. When God speaks, those that love Him and are listening, you see, that's what He's talking about. This involves listening to those who preach and listening to those who teach the Word of God truthfully. Bringing it out in truth. So we can do a little inventory now. Do you hunger for that? Is that a burden for you? 
Is that something that you're checking your watch to say, how long is this guy going to go? How long is he speaking today? Do you really have a tremendous desire to learn? Do you long to grow? Do you have an appetite for the Word? Do you hunger to know God's Word? You know, in one of the hymns Charles Wesley wrote, he wrote so many, but he wrote this one, and it's a very lesser-known hymn. He says, When quiet in my room I sit, Thy book be my companion still, My joy thy sayings to repeat, Talk o'er the records of thy will, And search the oracles divine, Until every heartfelt word is mine. What a great desire. What a great desire to just want to know. There was another writer that said, we might wonder why the ever practical James does not proceed to outline schemes for a daily Bible reading for us. For surely these are ways in which we offer a willing ear to the voice of God, but he does not help us in this way. Rather, he goes deeper, for there's little point in schemes and times if we do not have the right attentive spirit. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.